Hello everyone and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex and this week, get ready to eat. It's Thanksgiving here in the United States and that means I'm throwing two delicious, scrumptious, mouth-watering topics at you. So, tie on your bibs and loosen those belts. It's time for cranberries and turkey. Cranberries are native to North America, and while they entered the European lexicon after settlers found the fruit and named it craneberry after the plant's resemblance to a crane's neck, native tribes had long known of the delicious and tart berry. Algonquin, Wampanoag, Narragansett, Métis, and other tribes used cranberries in lots of interesting ways. They would combine cranberries and cornmeal to create a cure for blood poisoning, use the juice of the berries to dye blankets, rugs, and porcupine quills used in jewelry making, use the leaves as tobacco substitute and for tea, and more. But Native Americans were also using cranberries to create what was essentially the first energy bar, pemmican. Tribes would mash up dry deer meat, fat tallow, and cranberries and store the mixture in animal skin pouches. Thanks to the preservative effects of the fat and acid, the pemmican could last for months, perfect for long journeys when an extra burst of protein and fat was needed. You've probably seen a gorgeous picture or two of a cranberry harvest. Tons of tiny berries floating on top of water, creating a crimson sea of tart deliciousness. But that's not how the berries grow naturally. Cranberries grow on vines in sandy bogs and marshes. When it comes time to harvest, typically in late September through October, the bogs and marshes are flooded Thanks to small pockets of air in the berries, they pop up to the surface of the water, making them much easier to gather. But where do these harvests take place? Just a handful of states in the U.S., actually. Here's the breakdown, according to 2017 stats, and these are in barrels. Washington State, 148,000. New Jersey, 473,000. Oregon, 490,000. Massachusetts, 1.9 million and Wisconsin, far ahead of any other state, 5.4 million barrels of cranberries. Overall, the United States is the world's leading cranberry producer, with Canada and Chile following at two and three, respectively. On November 9, 1959, Arthur S. Fleming, the Secretary of Health, Education, and Welfare at the time, released a statement that caused the cranberry industry to wither basically overnight. A small portion of a Pacific Northwest cranberry crop had tested positive for the herbicide aminotriazole, a substance that caused abnormal growth in lab rats. In other words, a carcinogen. While many producers, including Ocean Spray, argued that someone would have to consume a ridiculous number of tainted cranberries to have any negative effects, Fleming still made his warning clear. If you don't know where the berries were produced, don't buy them. By mid-November, fresh cranberry sales were down by 63%, canned sales were down by 79%, and, according to data from Ocean Spray, nearly half of the shoppers who were avoiding cranberries intended to never buy them again. Government officials began to seize barrels of the fruit in an effort to prevent any harmful batches from reaching stores. In the end, the panic was short-lived. Just days before Thanksgiving, Fleming arranged for the release of cranberry stock that had tested negative for aminotriazole, 
And to help inject life back into the struggling market, the government created a $10 million fund for cranberry farmers. There's a lot more to that story, and I definitely recommend reading an article from The New Yorker entitled The Great Cranberry Scare of 1959. It's linked in the show notes. From the tart to the meaty, we're circling the Thanksgiving plate to get to our next topic. Gobble gobble, it's turkey time. Turkeys have two very distinct facial features, the dangly things. The part you probably have heard of, the waddle, hangs below the chin, but the other, a fleshy bit hanging from the forehead to the beak, is called the snood. Now we could stop there because those words are just phenomenal, but wait, there's more. The two parts can change color depending on the turkey's mood. When a tom, a male turkey is trying to attract a hen, a female turkey, its waddle and snood flush with blood and turn bright red. But if the poor turkey isn't feeling quite right, the waddle and snood can look different. When a turkey is scared, the two dangly bits can appear blue, and when a turkey is sick, they can appear white. Why? For the same reason our blood looks blue as it's pouring through our veins. Just underneath the flesh of the waddle and snood, tons of vessels pump blood through the bits. When the vessels contract, like when a turkey gets scared or sick, more of the surrounding collagen bands are exposed, causing light to filter through the waddle and snood differently. As a tiny side fact, this color-changing trait helped give the turkey its Japanese name, Shichimencho, which literally translates to seven-faced bird. With rusty brown plumage, turkeys are an undeniable symbol of the fall season. But although the brown turkey is by far the most common, the birds can take on other forms as well. Genetic mutations can give rise to white, black, smoke, and red turkeys too. Smoke is the most common of morphs, occurring in about 1 in 100 turkeys in certain regions. Next is red which is fairly hard to identify because of the reddish undertones of typical brown turkeys. Then comes black and white. Black turkeys are the result of melanism, an overproduction of melanin. White turkeys are the rarest of the rare. It's estimated only about one in 100,000 turkeys are albino. And now, in recognition of the Thanksgiving holiday, Let's crack open the cornucopia and fly through a handful of turkey facts to cap off this episode. Wild turkeys can fly, up to 55 miles an hour in fact. They can also run up to 25 miles an hour. Not bad. Turkeys sleep in trees to escape predators. Tryptophan, an amino acid found in turkey, can have a calming effect, but only if you eat tons of the meat. The real culprit for your drowsiness after Thanksgiving dinner? The mountain of food you ate and the bottles of wine you drank, you big glutton. Turkeys have two stomachs, one to soften the food and the other to break it down. A group of turkeys is called a rafter and baby turkeys are called poults. Lastly, a turkey adjacent fact that's just too good not to include. Even when she was the biggest chef in town, Julia Child still kept her home phone number publicly listed. 
every Thanksgiving, she would be bombarded with phone calls from total strangers seeking culinary tips on how to not screw up their turkey for the big day. Reportedly, Child often told the callers not to worry and talked them down from the turkey panic, even saying, I imagine with a shrug, that turkey wasn't even meant to be served hot. And there you have it, a bit of a two-course meal to get you pumped for Thanksgiving. To everyone celebrating, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Eat to your heart's content, and no matter how much wine you throw back, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.